1: Well, sometimes you have to take a quick pause and look back in order to figure out where you are and chart the course for what's ahead. Obviously, there was a lot of political news this week, especially as it related to primary elections. Uh, there were a number of them in Idaho, Kentucky, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Oregon. And as you look at those, it was interesting. Uh, a couple of days ago, we, we talked specifically uh, about endorsements because much of the chatter and clamor. On Monday, leading into those primary votes, and then on Tuesday and falling out of Tuesday, as you looked at winners and losers, uh, there was almost an obsession uh, about former President Donald Trump and his endorsements. Uh, Many in the national media were were incredibly fixated on it, uh, almost at a shocking rate. Uh, They were totaling every single endorsement that the former president had given or not given, uh, who won, who lost. Uh, What was the effect? What's the impact on the party? At the same time, they were also noting which candidates were endorsed by President Biden and creating this head-to-head thing. Uh, And I told you then, and I'm going to repeat for you now, uh, my firm belief that it is not the endorsements that drive elections. Uh, It is one of the silver bullet fallacies of campaigns that they think, if I can just get congressman so-and-so, senator so-and-so, governor so-and-so to endorse me, I'll win. And it's just not how it works. Uh, it, is a, it is a myth of all myths. And I've seen campaigns and candidates chase them forever, uh, just convinced that that's just the one thing. It's going to be the game changer, uh, is just that endorsement. And it just doesn't happen. In fact, uh, when I was uh, consulting campaigns and, and campaign managers, and candidates, I would always tell them it's a real simple rule. If you are talking about endorsements and debates, it is because you are losing and you should just go out and make your case uh, and lead with a vision and connect to the people, do the hard work and heavy lifting of campaigning uh, and recognize that that is where it's going to be won or lost. And so often we get distracted thinking it's something else and so I want to give you some of the numbers uh, to back up that theory. A uh, great piece on CNN uh, by Douglas Hay talked about uh, President Trump's, the former president's endorsement. Uh, and that in the end, it really was not a needle mover. So he validated what I've been telling you. <laughs> it was not a needle mover. So let's break it down. Uh, so many people say, well, let's let's go back to Ohio. And in Ohio, J.D. Vance uh, had a victory victory. Uh, seemed to get a little bump uh, after the former president had endorsed him, uh, and he, of course, won that primary in a in a tight and close race. But if you look back at the results, it's it's a little different story. It's a little bit different. So, uh, J.D. Vance, uh, his campaign, the the biggest mover in that campaign, one in which, by the way, he only got thirty two percent of Ohio Republicans to vote for him, only 32 percent. If you look at that a different way, that means 68 percent of Ohio Republicans were unswayed by the former president's endorsement. What did seem to have sway was millions and millions of dollars that were spent by uh, Peter Thiel uh, that he pumped into that campaign uh, there in Ohio. And then, of course, you look to North Carolina. President Trump, the former president, endorsed uh, Congressman Madison Cawthorne. Uh, who not only lost, but but lost big. Again, 68% of Republicans in North Carolina's 11th congressional district, a very red district, by the way, one that the former president won in a big way, uh, didn't buy in to, to the former president's doubling down and kind of this mantra of let's give him another chance. Of course, we're still waiting for results to come in, uh, final results in Pennsylvania. The former president backed Mehmet Oz. Uh, and, of course, that was a race with David McCormick, uh, whom the former president had uh, attacked at a Pennsylvania rally earlier in the month. And, again, both candidates are sitting at about 31 percent. And so so the thing that I want you to focus on is, is not whether you like or dislike the former president. It's that the endorsements don't make the big deal. Now, uh, one additional example, if you go down to North Carolina, their Senate race. Now, in that race, the former president had endorsed candidate Ted Budd. Ted Budd won big, over 58 percent. But President Trump endorsed late, uh, late last summer, uh, and didn't change the outcome of the race. The big advantage for the Budd campaign was the fact that Club for Growth put in almost three million dollars in pro Ted budd spending. So the real bottom line in all of this is is whether any of these result in a win or a loss, uh, the numbers the numbers just don't add up to a whole lot. So the things that we we do know is that the former president does have a base among Republican primary voters. It's consistent, not huge. But it is consistent. And the former president's endorsement may be helpful in some places, not helpful in others. Uh, it is no golden ticket to getting through a primary election. And the same is true of any endorsement. It does not get you across the finish line. And so the thing that I continue to tell campaigns of all kinds, from all kinds of races all across the country is be careful what you're chasing. Because you might be chasing something in hope of a silver bullet that's going to get you a win. And in most cases, the chasing of the silver bullet distracts you from doing the things you have to do to actually win. And it does come down to having a great candidate. It does come down to running a disciplined campaign. It does come down to connecting with voters, not with rants about what you are against, but with vision about what you are for. Those are the determining factor. And it doesn't matter whether that is a governor's race, a local city council race, a mayor's race, or anything in between. You have to do the work. There are no silver bullets. I guess that's the message of the day. There are no silver bullets. There's no such thing especially when it comes to campaigns. And so, again, be careful what you complain about in a campaign or this happened or this happened. If you're complaining about coverage of this or non-coverage of that, uh, none of that matters in the end. What matters is having a vision of what you are for, not who or what you are against, and then doing the hard work, pounding the pavement, meeting with voters, telling that story, inviting them to come along and be part of that, uh, no endorsement is going to change that game. doesn't matter. Uh, and we saw that last fall. We talked about it uh, in terms of Virginia. Uh, you had uh, Terry McCullough who had the ultimate in endorsements, everything from former President Obama to current President Joe Biden, Uh, Kamala Harris was there, Oprah Winfrey, you name it. They had all of the endorsements and they lost. Why? Because they thought that was the silver bullet. And they were fighting against what was rather than creating a vision of what they were going to do about what is and what comes next. Uh, So beware of the silver bullets. And guess what? It doesn't just apply to politics. (laughs) It applies to your health and wellness It applies to your relationships in your family and in your community. It applies to your career and your business. Uh, It applies to our community and to our country. Uh, One thing about America is we've always recognized that it's not about the silver bullet. It's about doing the work. And when you do the work, then the great things, the game changer stuff happens. It's a byproduct of doing the hard work. All right, we'll step aside. One last break. We'll come back with some final thoughts on a Friday for you right here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us.
0: I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985.